Convict. No, we're live. Start that again. Three, six, nine. Convict. It makes such a difference at where you put the syllable and the emphasis. Convict is the word of the day. Can't believe I messed that up, Coca. Damn it. Convict. Today is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. And the word of the day is convict, as in Brian Cashman telling the world, if you want to convict somebody, convict me. Well, I am here to talk about the New York Yankees and do a little jury trial. Let's just see what the facts are of the case and whether or not that Brian Cashman should be convicted of anything or blamed for anything. When the Yankees are 17 and 15 after 32 games, looking up at a wild card spot, forget leading the division and catching the Tampa Bay Rays. The question is, will they have an opportunity to play in October? And then once they play in October, will they have an opportunity to get through October? But what's really at stake here is whether or not ownership should listen to fans or whether ownership should be concerned in any way about what's happening with the injury bug that is afflicting the Yankees. As part of the evidence presented in this case, we're going to go back years and we're going to say every single year, your honor, may we enter into evidence the amount of injuries the Yankees have. May we enter into evidence the age of the players who they acquire, their injury history, and then the surprise they show. OMG, Stanton's hurt, Judge is hurt, can't be. Are you telling me that Carlos Rodon has not pitched for us yet? This guy gives me 35 a year every year of his career. It's impossible. I'm the unluckiest SOB in the world. Don't worry, we're going to bring in Donaldson. That guy never gets hurt. What? When you bring in players who are hurt or are injury prone and then they get injured, you can't say to yourself, well, I can't believe they're injured. But your honor, my name is Brian Cashman, and I would like to enter into evidence the fact that when none of them are hurt, they're really good. I'd like to enter into evidence that when I eat certain kinds of food, my tummy hurts. Here's an idea. Don't eat that food. Doctor, my elbow hurts so much every time I do this. Here's an idea. Don't do that. You went to med school for that? It's the old story, and I am guilty. I've been convicted of the same crime. It's the, it happened to him, won't happen to me. It's the, don't let what happened in the past ever inform you what to do in the future. It's like the Wall Street in me because we had to tell everybody every day, don't worry, I can't promise you anything. Past results are not indicative of future performance. That's the thing, that's the caveat you have to give to people when they invest. Go look at the little words. There's another word for that. The small print. Go look at the small print in any of your online things that you're doing or any of the investments that you're doing. They all say the same thing. Past results are not indicative of future performance. So I took that with me into the sports world, except I forgot to realize past performance is indicative of future results only on the negative. Hey, this guy hit 37 bombs three years ago. 
He's going to be great. He's going to play 160 games, get some MVP votes. We're going to live happily ever after. Let's pay him. Let's keep paying him. It doesn't work. So the Yankees fans are concerned. They're being called to the stand. What would you do? Get rid of Aaron Boone. He's putting in Clay Holmes every night. He's blowing the save. Please sit down. Do not talk to me about somebody blowing saves. Every closer blows saves. Every bullpen blows saves. That's going to happen during the course of the year. Don't panic. Owners panic about blowing saves every time. We blew a save. That's it. Closer's gone. Get rid of them. All right, so that happened. How about bringing someone to the stand who's a doctor to give me the days before Rodon can return or when Giancarlo can come back or Aaron Judge? Nope, not allowed. The reason that testimony is not allowed is that when we speak to our doctors and our trainers about how quickly we're going to get players back, we are always given ranges. We get an injury report every day. And on it, it's the people who've come into the training room and what their status is. Status can be day-to-day. Status can be no, oh, Coca, what did they say? Uh, No restrictions. That's the best one. No restrictions, able to play. If someone's on the 10-day IL or the 15-day IL, it says date that they went on the IL, what day they are. They are day 14 on the IL. And their status is expected return blank. And the blank is a range. If they're on rehab, like Severino is going to do a rehab start, you get that in the report, where the rehab start is, when it is, and what the plan is. But all of it is an inexact science. There's no way for Cashman to be able to say exactly when his team is going to be back. So the only thing he can do is meet the media and say, if anyone's angry, it should be at me. If anyone believes that the Yankees have done something wrong. It's not Hal, it's not Aaron, it's me. GMs are supposed to do it because the presidents will say, hey, it's time for you to meet the media. We're here right now in the beginning of May, not having the type of season we expected with the type of payroll we have. We've got to give a little bit. Giving a little bit is when you get in front of the media and you say a few words. The few words are always the same, which is we still feel good. We have no issues with Aaron Boone. We have no issues with our team. We believe in our team. We believe in the fact that they're going to get healthy. And once they get healthy, we're going to roll. And we got plenty of time. It's not a short season. If it were a short season, we'd be screwed. But it's a long season. It's still early. When you're not doing well, you say it's really early. When you're doing well early, you say, hey, that's the start we dreamt of. And now we're getting into the heart of the season. And you make the heart of the season a little longer. When you're not doing well, April, May, or early. When you're doing well, you say April's early, but now May, June, July, that's the heart of the season. And then you coast into October with August and September. It's the spin, baby. And I like the fact that Cashman did it. I like the fact that he's trying to wear it. But man, that's some good job security. Aaron Cashman. Brian Cashman, 469 for a clean wipe if you want. Brian Cashman has been around, got 20 years, 20 plus years. 20 plus years, could be almost 25 years. Pretty sure he's never finished below 500. Pretty sure he makes the playoffs just about every single year. Pretty sure he competes for a World Series and won one in 2009. This is not the resume of a schlepper. However, 
he is who he is. He takes all the money that the Yankees give him. And the reason why you don't see him leaving the Yankees and going to a small market team is my guess is that he is not convinced that with a small payroll that he could work the sort of sustained magic of winning and keeping an open window for this long because very few teams other than, hold on, who would they be? The Mets starting under Steve Cohn? That's about it. Who would have the expectation? The Dodgers? under new ownership after McCourt, where the expectation is that every single year you are going to win and be competing into October. But at some point, is it enough? Jerry Reinsdorf would have you believe that that's the whole goal. Under Jerry Reinsdorf's view, the New York Yankees are the most successful team in baseball. I guess. So here's what's going to happen. Brian Cashman is going to return home from meeting with the media. He's going to get out of court. It's going to be a hung jury because you're not going to get agreement about whether he should be fired or whether Boone should be fired or whether the Yankees are going to be good. But the best thing about a jury trial in the baseball world, it's never circumstantial evidence. It's always hard evidence. The evidence comes every day for 162 days. It is unavoidable. You can talk about injuries. You can talk about bad luck. You can talk about the baseball gods. You can talk about anything you want. But after 162 games, there will be a completed canvas. And if the Yankees completed canvas includes no further action in October, at what point does Hal Steinbrenner say, I just signed these guys to long extensions, but damn, we got to win. See you later. June 1st, 2021. Let me bring you back. Episode 381. Roll the tape. Wait to see when I tell you something's going to happen. When it happens, we'll revisit it. When it doesn't happen, we'll revisit it. We're not going to be like the other gas bags on other shows. We're not going to have hot takes and then hope that you forget it when we're wrong, but then post it when we're right. We're going to come back to you always. And here we are. Only 380 episodes into this show, and we're so thankful that you're a part of Nothing Personal. Here's the wait to see for today. If the Yankees don't make the playoffs, Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman will be terminated. They'll be gone. Wait to see. All right, so cut that, Coca, and then wipe right to this. Ready? Hey, welcome to Nothing Personal, episode 809. We are May 4th, 2023. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. Here we go. The wait to see for today. If the Yankees do not make the playoffs, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone will not be retained. We're bringing it back, baby. <laughs> I love it. Two years ago, said the same thing. The Yankees made the playoffs, so that was the end of that wait to see. But we're going to do it again right now, May 4th. God, my Cardinals stink. Come on. Marmol's getting very impatient. The, the manager, I don't know if you saw what he said. He's now defending the clubhouse by saying how hurt the players are. The reason why I don't like when managers do that is that after losses, there's a bunch of eyewash where players have their head in their hands, but then they go to the shower, they go to the food room, and what you need to succeed in baseball is the ability to forget about the past and just get ready to go tomorrow. But the level of frustration felt by the front office, the level of frustration felt by the fans is always 
greater than the level of frustration felt by the players. However, as a manager of a team with the worst record in the National League, when you're supposed to have won your division, after 31 games, the Cardinals have the same number of wins as the Larusalus White Sox. You got to come out and say something. And what the manager would say correctly and smartly is, hey, these guys are despondent. These guys are so upset, so frustrated. What are we going to say? Do you think that it would go well with our fans or with our broadcast partners or our sponsors if we came out and said, hey, we're 10 and 21. Oh, well, we're just waiting for a week from Friday when it's the next payday. We'll be fine. Nah, you really don't want to say that. All right, there's something else going on in baseball that really is interesting as it relates to all sports. And one of you asked a question. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get in my Twitter, at David P. Samson. Hit follow. No Blue Sky Ranch yet. We do have Instagram. Maybe a little TikToker. Just find a way to get me a question, and we'll try to put it on the air if we want to. Please explain to me the policy that the Angels have regarding their coaches not being allowed to talk to the media. Why do they do everything they can to be unpopular? Thank you, David. Well, thank you very much for asking that question. Just to bring everybody right into the loop. Here is the loop. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are owned by Artie Moreno. And just this year, apparently, according to The Athletic, there is a policy in place where if you want to speak to anybody in the organization, you're going to have to tell the PR people, the comms people, what the subject is. And if it's too negative, they may restrict access. So let me make sure I get that right. If you want to speak to any of the coaches, hitting coach, batting coach, pitching coach, you're going to have to get permission. And we're only going to give you permission on a case-by-case basis. And the Angels did not give permission to a writer to speak to Marcus Thames, who is the hitting coach. Wanted to talk about Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon, that amazing free agent signing. The number one position player available on the market. A couple years ago, three years ago. He was on the Nationals. All of a sudden, he goes to the Angels, and that was Artie Moreno spending money. It just turned out that Rendon was hurt. Rendon was terrible. Rendon now has no power. Rendon is collecting a ton of money for doing nothing. So naturally, people want to talk to the hitting coach saying, hey, is there something going on with him that he's lost his power? Is there anything we can do to get back his power? And the Angels PR staff said, eh, too negative. You can't speak to our hitting coach about that, but... If you want to speak to our manager, that would be okay. So people are naturally saying to themselves, is this Artie Moreno trying to control the press, trying to restrict, restrict, four, six, nine. Is this Artie Moreno trying to restrict free speech? No, I get on Artie. He's not popular amongst the owners or the commissioner. There are definite issues there. You know his team was for sale and he didn't sell it because he didn't get the price. And then he pretended it's because he loves you, the fans, and wants to bring you a championship. But I'm an equal opportunist. When someone does something correct, in my view, I'm going to let you know. The media policy that the Angels have is extraordinarily normal. We would not allow 
anybody to speak to the media in our organization without going through PJ Loyello, our VP, senior VP of communications. We want to know who's speaking to who and about what. We want to make sure that people are prepped. We want to make sure we have an organizational message that is both on point and organized, pun intended. And when something is spoken about that we do not approve, we expect that it will be not sourced. And then we can try unsuccessfully for the most part, successfully occasionally, to figure out who the leaks are. If you are a reporter and you're trying to get information, you want to speak to the hitting coach, there are opportunities to hang around the batting cage. There's opportunities in the clubhouse. There's opportunities to text, to call. It is not as though we monitor what's going on. If you're watching this on Nothing Personal with David Sampson live on YouTube, then you may be seeing me having some sort of twitch in my left eye, or I may be winking. It's not like we're monitoring company-issued cell phones or seeing who's calling who in the media. God, there's so much dust here at Metalark. There are ways, if you want to speak to people, that the media can find them. And we knew that we had coaches speaking to the media. We knew we had coaches doing it off the record. We knew that we had coaches who were so worried about how they looked in the media and wanted to be always looked at as the greatest infield coaches in the world that they would give stuff to the media. Of course, we knew it. We lived with it for the most part until we didn't. But in the case of a organization where you have an owner, and this is not entirely uncommon, but in the case of an organization where you have an owner who is incredibly controlling, who is very, very concerned about PR, who wants to make sure that there is very, very clean messaging, this type of rule would easily be put in place. But here's the difference. We wouldn't publicize it. The only issue I have with what the Angels did is that somehow it got out what the problem is. Why would you ever say, we don't make anybody available if it's going to be negative questions. We never asked the media what the exact questions were. We wanted to know what the subject was. We're not going to make sure that you're grammatically correct, anatomically correct. We're not going to make, confirm that what you're going to talk about. What we do is we teach the players and the coaches. If you don't like the question that's being asked, don't answer it. If you want to answer something else, then answer it. If you want to answer every question with the sky is blue, then answer it with the sky is blue. Eventually, they're going to stop coming to you for good information. If you want to answer every question with... We do the best we can, and I'm very proud of the team, and we look forward to competing again tomorrow. That can be your answer. We fully expect players to play up to their abilities, and we have all the confidence in our coaching staff to do that. Great. That can be the answer to myriad questions. But why would you ever go public with the fact that you are trying to eliminate negativity? Why? Because that is Artie Moreno in a nutshell. That is what he is about. It just makes no sense to me. So to answer your question pretty cleanly and clearly, the policy of making sure that your messengers are a tight-knit group and that your messengers are on point and that they are rehearsed and trained, normal. Absolutely normal. The policy that you are supposed to go through the communication department and the PR department to get 
an official interview from a coach, manager, player, or president? Normal. Do all media members follow and abide? No, that's also normal. We know this. It's like the rules of engagement to me. If you know that someone's violating the rules, but you know it in advance, when it's not life or death, I'm gonna be okay with it. I just wanna understand the consistency. I wanna understand how to deal with what's in front of me and I will adjust my rules or my expectations or how I deal with certain things according to what the reality is of the situation. And if the reality is different than what I wanted it to be, I'll either work hard to change the reality or work hard to adjust to the new reality. That is all part of being a president of a team and I'm good with all of it. So what the angels did, in my opinion, does not set them apart, but it continues their level of unpopularity because they get segments like this or articles like that in The Athletic or statements or moments where people just say, WTF, man, what are you doing and why? Now, how do you, by chance, avoid all that? Win. No one's writing these things if you're in first place and you've had a successful run with Otani and Trout. But everyone's looking for something to say about the Angels. You've got Babe frickin' Ruth pitching for you. Better than Babe Ruth. Otani is better than Babe Ruth. You see, he had 13 Ks last night in an Angel victory over the aforementioned Cardinals. But the Angels' lack of success, their lack of any October love at all, means that these type of things are going to come up. So I appreciate that question. Let's now, ooh, here's what I want to do. I want to go to break, Coca. When we come back, we're going to review a movie that we really need to talk about. And then we're going to talk about some owner beef that would make Claire incredibly proud. We'll be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Santham. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. What is going on today? 
got a little bit of a sore throat and doing the extra hours on Levitar Coca, but I'm drinking the tea. I'm doing the hauls. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. But I woke up with this lump in my throat and I had, cause I had terrible nightmares last night. Can we do a quick side note? Terrible nightmares last night. And I only slept for maybe an hour and a half. And I don't know how you could fall into those nightmares. And the nightmare ended with music playing on my phone, which is the second night in the last six that something strangely started playing on my phone and I can't find the playlist. I can't, it's not something that I set up before I go to bed because I go to bed to a Cat Stevens playlist of relaxing music is what I put on. And then with a timer that shuts it off after 30 minutes, that's my plan. But it's now happening twice. It's like there's some sort of ghost and I'm not even at the Fister. So maybe that's what's causing all these redos today. Well, thank you very much for being a part of Nothing Personal. Make sure you keep spreading the word because we're growing, baby, and we love it. Watched a movie yesterday because even with all the extra hours of content, I am still watching a movie every day. I paid money on Amazon to watch a movie that I didn't expect to watch. When I saw it was called Jesus Revolution, it didn't really capture me because for whatever reason, all I could think of was Mel Gibson. All I could think of was Passion of the Christ. And I figured this was a Jesus Christ movie, which, you know, it's not that I'm anti-Jesus Christ or that he was a Jew or not a Jew. It's not really up to me to tell you. I never met the guy. No idea. But I just didn't think I'd allocate time to the movie. But I looked at it and I said, you know what? Let me broaden my horizons. Let me see if I can learn something from this movie. Purchase, play, two hours later, I'm looking at the screen and I watched it on my device on my iPad, which is what I do when I'm traveling. And I was sitting there, strike that, I was lying there looking at the screen saying, I just watched Fraser Crane and I watched the daughter from Father of the Bride, whose name is Kimberly Williams, who's married to the country music star Brad Paisley. So she's now Kimberly Williams Paisley. She was in one of my favorite movies, Indian Summer. If you haven't watched it, check it out. There's some actor who looks just like Jesus. And I just watched this entire movie. And I'm looking to my left. And I've got a bunch of used Kleenex. From tears. Relax, everybody. This movie is a true story about what happened in the 1970s. It was a revolution where somehow there was a guy, Lonnie Frisbee, somehow there was a church where there was a very uptight pastor played by Kelsey Graham or Frazier. Somehow they got together and they realized that we can help save people from the drugs and the craziness of the 60s and 70s. Wish I'd been there. From all the hippies, let them come in, let them be God's children. We're going to baptize you. No Josh Gad in the movie. And it's true. And it became this nationwide phenomenon of Jesus loving hippies. And the size of the church has grown and grown and grown. It's still around today. I am Jewish. I'm able to watch things that have nothing to do with my religion. I'm not offended by crosses. I'm not offended by people who aren't Jewish. I am not offended by anybody. Totally tolerant. Be who you want to be. You know my view on this. Live and let live. You do you. I do me. And there'll be plenty of points of intersection. Please watch Jesus Revolution. 
you are going to learn something that happened, maybe not in your lifetime, according to our demographics. 69% of you will learn something not done in your lifetime that happened before you were born. 31% of you are going to say, I vaguely remember that, but there was a lot of powder involved, so I don't have full memories. But 100% of you will watch this movie called Jesus Revolution and say, is this how it really could be? And is this how it could be again? Because given what's going on in our world, given the unbelievable violence, the absolute intolerance, the things that make all of us wonder and should wonder, are we next? We were this close and only 50 years removed from when something like this could happen. And this is not a revolution with guns. This is a revolution with love, with peace, with religion. It's called Jesus Revolution. Thank you for watching it. Okay. Corrections are something we do on the air here because we're live every day at eight o'clock on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. You know I'm going to make mistakes, and I do. I had Henry Ruggs yesterday pleading guilty and going to prison for killing a wife and child, and I was wrong. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you all for checking me. He actually killed a woman and her dog. It was not a woman and her child. I wanted to make that correction. Doesn't make it better. Still going to prison, but I want it to be clear. Where's the beef? Is the woman's name from the Wendy's commercial, Claire? Because otherwise, the joke that I made before the break would not be funny. I'm talking about that old woman who would always say, where's the beef? That was a whole set of commercials. No, nothing. Coca, no recollection. All right. Oh, Clara. Is that when you just do enough drugs that you still keep your memory, but it's not pitch perfect? Maybe that's the definition of the 80s. Hey, we can still wear a blazer, but we're going to say Clara instead of Claire. Oh, maybe that's it again. We're going to say Claire instead of Clara. Owner beef. Go Google it. You'll get it. GTS, man. Matt Ishbia bought the Phoenix Suns for a valuation of $4 billion. Matt Ishbia had to be approved by NBA owners. Same thing in, as it is in baseball. You need 2023 20, to block, Paul Lind. Matt Ishbia became owner of the Phoenix Suns with a 29 to 0 vote. There's 30 teams. Who didn't vote for it? Because it sure as heck wasn't Robert Sarver. He voted yes. And then we come to find it was Daniel Gilbert. Daniel Gilbert, the owner of the Cavaliers, did not vote against Matt Ishbia because Adam Silver said, you absolutely will not vote against him. We will not allow you to vote against him. So he said, fine, I'll abstain. So the vote was 29 to zero with one abstention. On a show with Bill Simmons yesterday, Matt Ishbia came on and was asked a very simple question. Tell me about what it was like when you saw Dan Gilbert abstaining. Matt Ishbia said, absolutely, I expected it. He can't stand me and I can't stand him. He can't stand the fact that I'm in the same business that he is, the mortgage business, that I compete in the same area that he does, same locations, and I kick his butt every time. Well, you've certainly spoken to him, haven't you? Nope. You say hi when you see him, right? Nah, we don't really see each other. I'll shake anyone's hand, but I haven't seen the guy. Really? 
Is that because he doesn't go to owner's meetings? You don't go to owner's meetings? Can you live forever without ever speaking to another owner? Yes, you can. Sometimes they'll put you next to the owner you're not talking to, and then you put your team president in between, and it's super, super uncomfortable. Adam Silver is going to call Matt Ishbia today after seeing what he said on Bill Simmons and say, listen, Matt, do me one small favor. We all know that you and Dan don't get along. Fine. We know that we are competing on the court, but we are partners off the court. And we don't say that about our partners. I have been in violation of this before. Over those 18 years, I've said things publicly about other teams, and I always got in trouble for it. And the reason I got in trouble for it is that it was pointed out to me that the people you're talking about are the very people who you need to do that which you want to do. If you have no one to beat, who are you actually competing with? Who are you going to beat? You're going to play with yourself the entire time? Can't do it. We all are out there trying to get more revenue nationally. We have to be a united front. We cannot have the union think that we're fractured. We cannot have sponsors think we're fractured. We cannot have anyone thinking we have any beef amongst the owners. Save it for inside. It's like keeping things inside the clubhouse. Ishbia violated one of the basic principles of owner v. owner or player v. player or clubhouse v. clubhouse. Keep it inside. But Ishbia doubled down. He not only talked about how bad Dan Gilbert was, he gave an example in Gilbert's business of what Gilbert does. Here's the problem with throwing stones. You better make sure you don't live in a glass house. And if you live in a glass house, you better take cover. Ishbia impugned Gilbert's ability to run a business, basically insinuated that he's run the business in the wrong way, saying that I'm going to call out things that are done in the wrong way. And no sooner than 10 minutes later did word come out what Ishbia has done in his business and all the workplace problems. You better watch your step, Elvis Costello. Don't say a word. Don't say anything. Adam Silver has more than enough ammunition to explain to Ishbia, you want to have new owner-itis? Have that manifest itself with that ridiculous Durant trade. No problem. You're going to get taken advantage of, but what goes around comes around and you'll be around when there's another new owner and you'll take advantage and you'll look at that new owner and say, what an idiot. And you'll have to remember that was you. But under no scenario are we going to permit owner V owner beef. So here's what I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need you to stop. And I'm going to tell Dan Gilbert that you apologized. I'm not going to ask you to do it because you're not going to do it. And I work for you. And I don't know if I want the Disney job, but I sure as hell want to raise. So therefore, I'll make the call. And I'm going to put an end to this because if I don't, he's going to respond. And if he responds, you're going to respond. And before you know it, we're playing pickleball. And that is not acceptable. We are owners. We have to show gravitas a united front of love, peace, and understanding. That would have been way better as a callback to the Elvis Costello Watch Your Step song if I had said peace, love, and understanding 
But in the middle of it, I knew I wanted to do it, but I started with love. So instead of stopping and starting over, I went love, peace, and understanding when I could have just started over and gone with peace, love, and understanding. Damn. Maybe episode like 810, I'll be way more smooth. That's the owner v. owner beef. That's something else, isn't it? Certainly is. I think we're not going to read more about it. I don't think we're going to read a Gilbert response. I think Adam Silver is definitely going to nip that in the bud. Nothing personal pick of the day. The Sixers plus 10 over the Celtics. That's a horrific angle. I just did the, that gave me like four chins doing that. Please don't show that, Coca. Sixers plus 10 is a loser. Rays over the Pirates was a winner. How are the Rays Pirates doing? Battle of the Titans, World Series preview. No, the Rays are a far better team, we told you. So we are 67 and 66 going into today. I really wanted to talk about Wander Franco. But Coco was like, what are you going to do? Are you just going to say, oh, you're part of the no fun guy? Go ahead and eat your mushrooms, man, because I love it. I love what Wander Franco did. Go look at the video. Playing with balls. Showing up your opponent. I don't like it. Not one bit. All right, what am I going to watch tonight? I'm going to watch the Blue Jays over the Red Sox. Now I'm going to bake the play, but I don't think I'm going to watch because I'm going to want to watch the basketball game. Although with baseball starting earlier, there's a chance that the baseball game could be over by the time the basketball game starts. What is the Red Sox game at seven and the Warriors-Lakers game at nine? With the new rules, I have a chance to watch both as a doubleheader. I'm going to do that. We're going to take the Warriors minus six versus the Lakers as much as I believe that AD and he is a, uh, if he does 30 and 20 again, they're going to be tough to beat. That said, the Warriors aren't going to go down 0-2. They went down 0-2 to the Kings, but it was on the road. They're not going to go down 0-2 at home against the Lakers. As much as I think this series is the Lakers to win, hard to go against Steph Curry and hard to think it's going to be a short series. And 2-0 Lakers going home to LA would make it certainly a short series. The Red Sox game starts at 6-10, which means it's going to be over by 9 o'clock. Amazing. Kevin Gausman, who's been pitching well, the Red Sox are surprising people for sure. Not Will Middlebrooks. He's not surprised. I'm sort of surprised. I had the Red Sox in last place. I did not think the Yankees would be this. But we're going to take Gausman, and we're going to give 165, and we're going to take the Blue Jays because I'm still believing the Blue Jays have a chance to win that division. Those are the picks of the day. Did you hear the news? Did you hear the news tonight? When Jeffrey Laurie was selling the Miami Marlins, one of the basic principles that I said to everybody who was a potential purchaser was, when you buy this team, you're taking over from an unpopular owner, from an absolutely unpopular team president. No matter what you do, you're going to be better than he was, speaking about me, and you're going to sell more. You're going to sell out TV deal, naming rights deal. There's going to be such an influx of cash. You're going to raise the payroll. You're going to win. It's going to be a DCT. It will be a dream come true. Total dream. Well, they're saying the same thing about the Washington Commanders. Washington Commanders have been up for sale. They have an agreement in place with Josh Harris, Norman Rails' son, whose name I do not want to utter on this show, and Irvin Magic Johnson. 
And then we got our first little bit of, oh, aren't we happy? Snyder's gone statements. Word came out from the team president who's trying to keep his job, Jason Wright. Uh, You're hearing it here first that they will keep Jason Wright as their team president, at least in the short term. And he came out and said that the commanders sold more suites in the week after Snyder announced the sale of the team than they would sell in an entire year. So here's how it happened. Word comes out that Snyder's selling. Yeah, but we don't believe it. He may sell, he may not sell. Then word comes out, he's chosen a bidder. Josh Harris's group for six plus billion dollars. No approval, no further news, but it looks like it's going to happen. Hopefully by the May owners meetings. All of a sudden, the salespeople are at their desk and the phone rings. Hello? Yes, hi, this is the law firm of Samson Coca. And we were wondering, are there any suites available for next season? Well, of course there are. Why do you ask? Well, now that Dan Snyder's gone, we want to put our support behind this team. What? Do you mean you thought that having a suite with the commanders was not worth it because of the owner? But look at all the money that you can make hosting and all the great back and forth and business development for your friends, your family, partners. The value proposition of the suite is the product on the field and what you can do during the course of a game. You think that all of a sudden you're going to do more business because Harris owns the team and not Snyder? But thank you for the sale. Click. Bring, bring. Hey, are there any suites available? Snyder's gone and we're right there behind the team. Huh? All right, we'll take the sale. Bring, bring. Hey, it's the government of Virginia. Anyone there? Yeah, we'd like to help build a stadium for the commanders. Wait, I thought you didn't want to help. Oh, no, we just didn't want to help Snyder. We're all in on Harris. Well, you sure? Hell yeah, let's do a deal. It's beyond comprehension. What the Marlins and Jeter thought would happen for sure. Nope, didn't happen. And now we're to believe it's definitely happening in Washington. Does that mean by the transitive property of crappiness that Snyder is way worse than we ever were? Hell yeah, I'm going to believe that. So if I'm willing to believe that he's worse than I was, that means that the revenue increase with the change of control is more of a sure thing under the new owner there than it was under the new owner here. All right, I'm good with all that. What I'm not good with is the public side of it. I'm not good with the representatives in the three communities fighting over helping out for a new stadium. D.C., Virginia, Maryland, all of a sudden jumping all over each other to help. Here's a newsflash. You're going to be taken advantage of by the new owner. He won't do it himself because he wants to be popular. He ain't going to send Magic Johnson there and certainly not Norman Rails' son. But look for the lame duck. Look for the sacrificial Paschal lamb and you will find someone who will be meeting with all three municipalities for the sole reason of squeezing you until there's no blood flow. And what they're squeezing you for is the new stadium that's required to replace FedEx Field to generate the type of revenue that they need to pay the debt service on the money borrowed to get Snyder $6.2 billion valuation. It's all part of the pro formas, part of the projections puts the N in normal. 
And now, instead of dreaming and hoping that they can get a new stadium deal or worried that they'll be only negotiating with one party, now you have all made it so that they know they've got multiple parties interested, which will drive his contribution down and your contribution up. What exactly was your plan? You go public saying it would be naive? It would be naive for us not to be prepared? Come on. What's naive is for you to talk about this in this way. Have these municipalities not learned what owners are all about? Remember when David Tepper, we did a whole show about him, the Panthers owner coming in to save the day. I am David Tepper. Come look at me. Come give me your money. Give me your tired, your hungry, your poor, and we'll build a practice facility together. Oh, we didn't get enough public money. See ya. Remember that whole state-of-the-art headquarters? They were doing that somewhere in South Carolina. Can't remember where. He then pulled the plug on the whole project because he wanted more money, not less. New owners coming in and replacing unpopular owners. That is tired. It happens all the time. They ride in on their horse saying, look, we're different. We're better. It's going to be way better. I promise you. And then obviously they're going to do the same thing because why wouldn't they do it? I think that the new commander's owners will get approved. Then they're going to say, we're going to go through a period of study. We're going to speak to all of our constituencies. We're going to learn what went wrong under Snyder and what we can do to be better. This is play one in the new owner playbook when you're after someone who is unpopular, which, by the way, is almost every time a team sells, which is why almost every time a team sells, it's an outgoing somebody who is unpopular. So you go in and you say, we're going to study. We're going to listen to you. What went wrong? You think that Josh Harris and his group don't know exactly what's going on with Snyder or the circumstances under which he had to sell his team or the reason why he even sold the team in the first place? It's absolute horse hockey. They just do it because it's in the playbook. And then a few months will pass by and they're going to be asked about the stadium deal. And they're going to say, listen, we understand what may be needed down the road, but right now our focus is on the fans. Our focus is on making sure that they realize our commitment to them and on making sure that this becomes the organization that everyone can be proud of. So they say that, and then on the side, like a little side dish, they pick up the phone and they call up the politicians and they say, hi, I'm the new kid on the block. Show me your money. Because it's just business. This is nothing personal. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.